0: We do not have, uh, 252 today with it being first Sunday. We will have our older, uh, older children will stay in the service with us. Uh, because we'll be taking communion together at the end of the service. If you do have kids that need to be checked into the nursery, you can take them back now uh, through these side doors and back into the nursery classroom. We are going to ask that parents after the service, like we've done for the last several uh, times we've taken communion, if you have a child in the nursery at the end of the service, we will uh, ask you to go pick them up and bring them back in here so that our nursery workers can be a part of Uh, taking communion together with us. We believe that's important. The Christmas season is the season of joy. We sing about it. We long for it in our lives. We create and attend special events to try to produce it. And we offer presents to loved ones Uh, with the hope to see their face light up with joy. That's one of the things that we long for in this season. Uh, We seek that sometimes even more. And of course, as believers, all of those things should be used to point us to the source of joy. Everything that we do in this season, our celebrations, our traditions, our gifts should all be intended, if we are followers of Christ, it should be intended to point us to the greater gift, Jesus, the Savior of the world. And so today as we start our Christmas series, I want us to actually start by looking at why was it necessary for Jesus to come? Why did He have to come and so our sermon is titled, The Need for a Savior. The Need for a Savior. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. So we're breaking, uh, from our series, uh, that we've been in for the last year. We're breaking from the Gospel of Luke, and we'll spend this month, uh, kind of preparing ourselves for, uh, for Christmas. And today's text is going to be found in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. Let me me read it and then pray for us. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death spread to all people, because all sinned. In fact, sin was in the world before the law But sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression. He is a type of the coming one. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if by one man's trespass the many died, how much more? have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many. And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment, resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses came the gift, resulting in justification. Since by one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, How much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So then, as through one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone. So also through one righteous act, there is justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners... So also through the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The law came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord." Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for its truth, and we do confess that it's true. Uh, Help us, God, believe. Help us respond accordingly. Holy Spirit, we pray for You to work now for those purposes, that we will believe and that our lives will be changed. We will be obedient to what it is that You're calling us to, to do and how we should respond. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The first point I want us to see in this text is this we need a Savior because we are all sinners. We need a Savior because we are all sinners. And so this, uh, this sermon series that we're going to be pausing from Luke and working our way through is kind of getting us ready, looking for uh, the birth of Jesus. And so it, I felt like it was important to start today with the need. Why did we need Jesus to come? And so the first thing that we see is we need a Savior because we are all sinners. Let's look back at verse 12 through 15. And I get I understand this text is is one of those. It's a little bit cumbersome, the the back and forth, and it seems to be kind of repeating itself over and over again, back and forth, back and forth. But Paul's trying to reiterate over and over again uh, kind of what he's showing us here. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, In this way, death spread to all people because all sinned. In fact, sin was in the world before the law, but sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression. He is a type of the coming one. But the gift is not like the trespass, For if by one man's trespass the many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many. So verse 12 and 13, Paul is detailing for us the great need for all of humanity. And what he does to make that point is he goes back to the beginning. He goes back to where it all went wrong. He takes us back to Genesis 3 in the Garden of Eden where, the, uh, where Adam and Eve were in paradise and sin had not yet entered the world and then Adam and Eve sinned. And so He takes us there when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, the one fruit... They could eat from anything in the garden was the instruction except for the fruit from one tree. And Adam and Eve, Eve being tempted by Satan and deciding that looks good. And Adam and Eve both sinned by breaking God's command to them. And from that point, when sin entered the world, both humanity... And all of creation were affected. Death and corruption start to reign, both in our bodies and in all of the created world, because of the, the fall. And so Paul takes us there to, to explain why we need a Savior. He takes us back to the beginning of where it went wrong. And he says, look, when Adam sinned, that started it all. And from that action, we needed a rescuer. We needed a Savior that could step in and save us from the brokenness that we are going to create. And the wording is pointing specifically back to Adam's action, his one sin. Because of that one sin, we all need a Savior. Now, this seems odd in our culture. The idea that we would suffer consequences for the actions of or the action of another. Uh, We don't like that idea and that thinking, and it's very foreign to, to the way we think of things, uh, on some levels. Uh, but it was not odd and it was not a foreign concept to ancient cultures. Ancient cultures understood that your representative, your leader, their actions have an impact on everyone that they represent. Their successes are your successes and their failures are your failures. That was a, a common way that people thought of their uh, societies, is the person that leads us. Their, their failures are ours and their successes are ours. And we don't normally think like that, especially concerning failures. Now, an example where we do think like that uh, in our culture today, we think like that in politics. When uh, the, the political party or the politician that we're supporting and hoping wins, when they win, we are ecstatic because we won. And the same thing, even probably more so, is in our sports. We celebrate victories with our sports teams and we celebrate it because we won. So, uh, last month, when the Astros won the World Series, I get that we're in enemy territory here, but the Willies are, are Astros fans. Uh, so when the Astros won the World Series last month, we celebrated because we won! We did it! We're yelling in our living room shouts of joy because we won the World Series. Now, we didn't actually win anything. We were sitting on our couch eating Frito Pie and Chili Dogs. Uh, but, but we celebrated that victory like it was ours. So th- that's an example where in our, in our culture, we kind of attach The results that someone else receives, we attach ourselves to it. But the idea of this is a little bit foreign to us. And so Paul is pointing back and saying, look, our representative, Adam and Eve, our representative failed. He sinned. He rebelled against God. And we are all impacted because of that. All of us are now sinners because he sinned against God. And so when Adam sinned, humanity became guilty because of that sin. And we also received a sin nature passed on from Adam and Eve. And now we are all sinners. Every single one of us are sinners Because Scripture goes on to say, we're not just guilty because of that one action. It's not just because one time one person failed, Adam, and now we're just all guilty because of that. That was where it started. But we're also guilty because we're all sinners. Every single one of us. Scripture says things like, no one is righteous. And all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And even before the law was given, Paul makes the argument, there was still sin in the world. All people sinned from Adam on. We were all sinners. And since all people sinned, death reigns. And so in verse 14, he starts to make the argument that death is reigning in every person. Every single person dies because they are all sinners. Everyone from Adam and Eve on have faced death because of their rebellion against God. And so even though they didn't sin like Adam by directly disobeying a command, they were still sinners. They were still people living in rebellion to how God would want them to live. And so Paul says, in this way, what what Adam did is pointing us to what Christ did. He says He's a type of the coming one. Now, uh, what we'll learn from that is there, He's a type of the coming one by being an, an opposite, having the polar opposite effects. Adam sinned, and his actions affected everyone after that. His actions affected many people after that because we all became sinners but Christ comes and Christ is going to act in a way that's going to reverse that Christ is going to come and he's going to change that for many there will be life coming through Christ instead of death that came from Adam and so Paul calls this a gift we've all died because of adam and because we sin but grace will multiply from jesus christ and so paul says that's a gift from god and we're going to come back to the gift at the end of the sermon Uh, what i want us to focus on in this first part is the need Why did we need the gift? Why did we need a Savior? And Paul's point here, his argument here is we need a Savior because we are all sinners, every single one of us. Look at how Paul words it in Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 3, "...and you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air." The spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out our, in, uh, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. Every human being dead in our sins and trespasses. We're under the rule of Satan. We're carrying out the desires of our flesh, living how we want to live instead of how God wants us to live. And Paul says, that, like our nature was we are children of wrath or children under the wrath of God because of our sin nature. Every single human. That's true of us. And that language we normally don't like Uh, we think, well, not that bad. But spiritually speaking, this is a description of us all. We are all sinners who have rebelled against a holy God. It's been that way from the beginning when our first representative, Adam, sinned. And it has been that way every day since for every human being who has lived we are sinners who are in need of a Savior. Every one of us needs a Savior because we are all sinners. The second point for us to see from this text in Romans 5 is this. We need a Savior because our sins condemned us. We need a Savior because our sins condemned us. Verse 16 through 21 And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses came the gift resulting in justification. Since by one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life? Through the one man, Jesus Christ. So then, as through one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone. So also, through one righteous act, there is justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so also through the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Righteous. The law came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so Paul keeps up this kind of argument style. Uh, trying to get us to see the greatness of our Savior, and he's pointing out, look at what you received because of Adam. And then look at what Christ has done. And then back again, look at what we have because of Adam. But look at what Jesus has done. Over and over again, back and forth through these verses, he keeps reiterating the greatness of our Savior But by doing that, He's tying us to don't forget who you were without Him. You're condemned. You're a sinner without a Savior. You're standing condemned. And so, from Adam, from Adam, we face judgment and condemnation And Christ offers a reversal of those things. And again, we're going to pick up the gift in a little bit. We're going to pick up what Jesus has done uh, in the last kind of point to be made from this. We're going to stick with the need. And the need is that because we are sinners, we are condemned. We stood condemned because of those sins. Because of Adam... And because of our sins, we were condemned because of rebellion against God. And verse 18 through 21 goes on to clarify. That's condemnation for everyone. Everyone stood condemned because of their sin. Adam's disobedience led to all of us sinning. And then in verse 20, he goes on to say, And then when the law was given to the people... The the trespasses against God, the rebellion against God, multiplied even more. So it wasn't that humanity was a bunch of sinners just because they didn't know what God wanted of them. And that if they could just be given a list of rules, they'd get their act together. He says, no, that's not the case. Because even once God gave specific laws, do this, don't do this, He said the trespasses were multiplied. The people proved that they are sinners needing a Savior because over and over again the people rebelled against God. Every single one of us. And we are facing condemnation for that. And since that's true, death continued to reign. Since humans continued to rebel... And not only did death reign, not only did people face death, they're also facing the wrath of God because of their condemnation. So Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of our sin is death. We deserve death. We've earned death because of our sins. But then Romans 1.18, we see this. For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all our godlessness, against all our unrighteousness, against all of our sin. We are facing the wrath of God. So as enemies of God who have rebelled against Him over and over and over again, were facing God's wrath. And without a Savior, what that means is eternal separation from God. Without a Savior, that means eternal torment. We've seen that recently in Luke, Jesus talking about uh, about this. And he's speaking of the place of judgment that will come for uh, the people who are apart from him. And that being a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, that being a place of eternal torment. Since everyone has sinned, everyone was condemned for their sins, and that's why we need a Savior. Without a Savior, there's no hope. Without someone to step into the brokenness that we've created, there's no chance for joy. We're seeking it out, we're trying to create it, and we have no chance without a Savior. That's why we needed Jesus to come. What hope is there for a rebellious lot such as us? What hope is there for any one of us? And you may be thinking, man, what a way to start your Christmas sermon series to talk about how bad we are. Why would you do that? And the answer is that in just seeing how great our need is, we'll truly start to see the beauty of Jesus. Right? If we can really start to recognize, if I could say, David, I, like, you really are a wretch. You're a wicked person without God. If I could really have that sense of understanding of what, how great my need is, when I look at Jesus, that should cause supreme joy. Dane Ortland in his book Deeper, he's addressing the issue of how, uh, how can real sinners change? How can we experience real change? And he starts by saying, first thing we've got to is really see Jesus for who he is. We really need to have a good understanding of who our Savior is. And the second thing we need to do is we need to have a sense of despair about ourselves. Meaning we really need to know how bad we are and how much we needed that Jesus to step into our world and fix it and and save us and rescue us. And so he says this, feel your sinfulness. Let it humble you. Let it sober you. Beware of so filling your life with talk shows and phone calls that you don't regularly stop. Stop. And consider the ruinous condition of your life apart from Christ. There's great value in seeing how great our need is. Now we don't want to stay there. We don't want to stay hopeless because we have hope. We have a Savior that came and that's why we're celebrating this season. But it's really important to see why why we needed him. Why did he have to come? Remember our sin and let that drive us to our Savior. John Newton, the author of many hymns, but of course Amazing Grace being the one you're probably most familiar with. At the end of his life, in the final few days before he passed away, he had a friend visit him and he said these words, My memory is almost gone, but I remember two things, that I am a great sinner, and I have a great Savior. I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior, and we all need to see that. We need to see how great our sin is, how great our need is, if we're going to really start to see how great Jesus is. Paul did that in Romans 7, starting in verse 24. Look at this confession of verse 24. What a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? And the first part of 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He could say the first part of 25, thanks be to God through Jesus because of what he confessed in verse 24. I'm a wretch. I'm a wicked, wicked man. What hope do I have? Thanks be to God. I have hope in Jesus. It's because of Jesus. He recognized how great his sin was and that made him treasure Christ all the more. And so, that's why we start today with the realization of the need for a Savior. And so the central truth for us to hold on to is this, Jesus... Is the savior that we all need. Jesus is the Savior we all need. So back in Romans five, Paul's been over and over saying it at the end of the verses, not leaving us without any hope. The second half of every one of these verses from 15 on to 21 is just pointing at out, we have the Savior, the one that you desperately need. He's come. And so let's look at verse, we're just going to, I'm going to read the second half of each of these verses starting in verse 15. How much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one man Jesus Christ overflowed to the many? Second half of verse 16. But from many trespasses come the gift resulting in justification. Second half of 17. How much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man, Jesus Christ? 18. So also through one righteous act, there's justification leading to life for everyone. 19. So also through one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Verse 20. Where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. 21, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, over and over and over again through this section. Paul is pointing out Jesus Christ came to undo the effects of the fall. He came to undo what started in Adam and reigned and ruled through every single one of us sin and death and unrighteousness. And Christ came to undo that. Our first representative passed on sin, death, and condemnation. But we have a new representative. In Christ, we have God's grace. In Christ, we have justification. In Christ, we have life. Eternal life. Jesus is the Savior that we all need. That's why the angels announced it this way in Luke 2, verse 10 and 11. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you Good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the city of David. A Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. His message was a message of good news, of great joy. A Savior's born. And not just for some. He was born for you, the sinners, the broken, the needy. He was born for us. The one that can right the wrongs was coming. The gift of salvation can be received because we have a Savior. God loved the world. The rebellious world. the, The world that rebelled from the beginning to now. The world that was hell-bent on doing it their own way. He loved the world so much that He gave His Son Jesus so that we could be saved. Saved from our sins. Saved from judgment. Saved from condemnation that we all faced. Jesus came as the Savior that we all needed. So if you've not received that gift if you've not received jesus and the salvation that comes through him know that forgiveness of sins and salvation are available through christ alone it's only through jesus and all you have to do is turn from your sin and turn to christ believe in jesus and you will be saved And so if you want to know more about that, please schedule time to talk with me, one of our elders. You can see me after the service. You can fill out a response card, one of the yellow cards on the seat, saying I'd like to meet with the pastor. And we'd love to talk to you more about the forgiveness that comes from our Savior. And church, as we are celebrating this holiday season, this Christmas season, Let's keep in mind how great our need is. And as we remember that need, let's be a people of real joy, pure joy this season. And every season, because God has given us the Savior that we all need. Desperately, that we all desperately needed. He's come in Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good and faithful. Thank you for giving us a Savior. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you that you still loved us even though we have all rebelled against you. Continue to change us. Continue to shape us. Holy Spirit, help us fight sins that are still in our lives. God, if there's any here who have not trusted in Christ today, stir their hearts to the need and bring them to faith. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to prepare for our time of communion. If you have a child that's in the nursery, I'm going to ask that you would go pick them up as we get ready. Uh, If you did not pick up the... uh, the cups at the back table. We've got the communion elements on the back table. You can grab those now. We invite all people who have trusted in Jesus for their salvation to join us in this remembrance. So we want to take a moment to prepare our hearts through reflection and prayer. I'm going to have Kathy play for us in just a minute. Uh, And what I'd like for each of us to do during that time is to think about the message from today. How great our need is, every one of us, how great our need is. We are sinners who needed a Savior, and Jesus is the Savior that we needed. So I want us to think about that and consider the reality of your sin. If you need to confess sin to God, do that now. Thank God for sending Jesus to save us. Let's spend a little bit of time praying about those things and preparing our hearts to receive these reminders of the gift that we've received in Christ. Reading from 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His one and only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be an atoning sacrifice. For our sins. Jesus Christ came and was a sacrifice for our sins. So as we take communion, we're remembering that sacrifice. He paid the debt that we owed. He received the punishment that we deserved because of our sins. And he did that so that we might receive forgiveness and righteousness and eternal life by believing in Him. And so today we want to remember the sacrifice that He made by dying on the cross for our sins. Remember, Jesus never sinned. He didn't deserve the death that He received. He was perfectly obedient to God the Father. And then He willingly died in our place because of our sins. And so our time of communion is intended to help us remember that. And that was the point of Jesus instructing His disciples to do this. Was for the purpose of remembering. Remembering Him. Remembering the sacrifice. We've been reminded today that we are all in need of a Savior And we've been reminded today that we have a great Savior. Jesus came as the Savior that we all needed. Reading from Matthew 26, verse 26 through 29. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Taking your bread. This is the body of Christ given for you. And taking your cup. This is the blood of Christ. Shed for you. For the forgiveness of your sins. As I pray. Some of our worship team will be coming up to. Lead us in our closing song. Heavenly Father we thank you. For this remembrance. We thank you for this church. And the opportunity to gather today. We thank You for Jesus. Keep making us look like Him in this broken world and do so for Your glory, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.